You're listening to the Captain Groomer Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to podcast episode three. As always, my beautiful co-host Lauren is joining me here with us. And the one and only, a longtime friend of mine, Dave Wims. How are we doing? <laughs> oh, we're live, buddy. We are live. Yes. <laughs> that that is a sound of a true captain right there. Just a cold boat brew. Starting it off. A beer I've never tried before. Yeah, it looks like it's from like Leavenworth. Mm, somewhere in the Northwest. Full, full blown Bavaria, brewed in the Northwest because we have like every single brewery known to like micro brews and stuff. They're all here. That was some weird name. For those listeners, it is the Rubens Brew 10th Anniversary Beer Committee Special. This and podcast is brought to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's fancy. It's fancy. It's 8.0, so let's go. Yeah, the uh, cognitive decline will definitely show in today's episode. Looking forward to that one, too. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep that one dialed in. So, Dave, Dave Wims. (laughs) You there? (laughs) (laughs) It looked like that beer just hit you for like a second wind. I was just reading the slogan. It says, All those in favor say rye. 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 I like it. Very good. So, yeah. Um, Dave Wims is a good friend of mine and for a very long time. We go way back. And uh, you do a lot of things. You've done a lot of things. And I want to just kind of touch on a few of those. Let people get to know you a little bit better. This one's going to be a little more laid back. Just like fun times. We have some drinks. Not as like serious or like like slamming on stuff i've written things down um just so we have you know kind of a list to go through but we're gonna dive deep into the brain of dave wims let's go yeah so first one we're gonna kick back we're gonna go all the way to houseboats there are there are a few listeners that know i mean we both grew up in mega church and going to these houseboats camps in canada like no man's land canada and uh Lake Shoe Swap. Yeah, Lake Shoe Swap in uh I don't know, somewhere BC is so far up north. And uh you had some pretty wild antics. Do you remember <laughs> any of them? I do. Give us uh give us a couple of your your top your top antics. Remember, so people listening, these are like three-story houseboats, big twin anchors, like the classic houseboating thing, but our camp, we had twelve of them which I'm pretty sure was like the all-time record. So we would take these things as a group all around the lake, and Dave would bring all the antics. So which one sticks out first? Gosh, well, what's our definition of antics, for starters? The tomfoolery, the shenanigans. I mean, like, you pull one out of the hat, you know? Yeah, okay. Well, okay, could you give people a little bit more profile here? We had, so he's like, yeah, from 12 houseboats, uh, he was usually like, five were male five were female and then the two biggest ones were usually co-ed mm-hmm. right yeah um from my memory yeah that's how we did it and you usually have to wait until your senior year of high school to be on the co-ed houseboat so like if you're a freshman sophomore junior you're 
paying your dues to get to the co-ed boat, right? <laughs> Unless you were our year. Yeah. Because we were the biggest year. So we got junior, senior, and super senior. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. I'll incriminate myself. Why not? <laughs> I'm so curious, you know, what went down on these houseboats. Oh, there was shenanigans and then some. So in the, in the, I think it was the super senior was a senior year. Probably, probably senior year. I don't even know if I made it the super senior year. Um, the cannabis uh, consumption was at an all time high for me. <laughs> and going into this trip, I was wondering, hmm, how am I going to not burn down? <laughs> <laughs> For a whole week. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just a little herb. <laughs> Sacred herb. <clears throat> no harm, no foul. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the time, it, I will admit, it wasn't legal. Um, but I had a reason uh, medicinally to use the herbs. Mm -hmm. So I justified it for that reason. Because um, you could get it legally, medically back then. Yeah. Which I did. Uh so, but it was still, you know, you're not, the camp rules were no drugs, alcohol, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm, no, I'm not going to bring this around people. It's just going to be my own personal consumption. We're going to be good. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about it. I'll sneak off at night before bed, have my little medicine and night, night. Right. <laughs> well, a couple of the camp counselors, Jeremy Mahalski. <laughs> <laughs> And another awesome dude, awesome dudes. I haven't spoken with them in a long time, but very fond memories of them. They were kind of more along the, they were definitely the, the camp clowns, I guess we could say, as far as oh, yeah. the supervisors and the uh, counselors go. Mm -hmm. Jeremy was also like a renowned chef, cooked gourmet meals for a living for a time, for, to my memory. He still does. Still does. Okay. He has a huge catering company in California. Okay. I figured, but yeah. I didn't know. So cool. Good for him. So he, being the chef, had all sorts of um, herbs and spices and cooking ingredients that aren't normally brought on a week-long houseboat trip. But one of the one of the prizes for the campers uh, was like a you know chef's cooked meal at the end of the trip. Right? Mm, I remember that. I remember that. And it was it was worth it. It was amazing. It was like his famous what he's known for. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So anyway, he had everything. He had all the herbs and spices. So, mm -hmm. and he also had a pretty intense sense of humor and he had no idea that I brought herb. No one did except for me because yeah. I was very private about that. Yeah. Herb being cannabis, right? Yeah. It was a risk for me to take that on board because not only did we cross a country line, <laughs> uh, but we also, you know, the, the rules were to not do any of that type of stuff. Jeremy and someone else, I think it was Sean Savavi. Oh, it would definitely be Safavi. Yeah. Um, they thought it would be funny to uh, plant. Uh, like like kind of like the FBI does or whoever. I remember, I remember they being there. They, they thought it would be comical to profile one of the guys who would be the most likely to bring weed, ganja, or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And plant it in their luggage or suitcase or their bunk or wherever and call a meeting for the whole boat and explain that there's an issue and that one of the campers is going to be sent home tonight 
for breaking the rules and the protocols and this is a very serious matter <laughs> and we so everyone's brought into the living room of the boat and there's you know 30 people all circling around you know shaking in their boots going what did we do who did some what mm-hmm. who's getting sent home oh my gosh this is you know this is a bunch of church kids that goody two shoes nobody's doing anything wrong so oh, yeah. everyone was nervous on edge on edge yeah probably me a little more than others <laughs> because i knew i was probably the only person there who brought that and yeah full disclaimer i never consumed any of it while i was there it was just nice knowing that i had it if i wanted to yeah you know i'm really not that much of a rule breaker kind of but anyway only when it's necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what they're there for. You know, finally he cuts to the chase and he says, Hey guys, we found weed in someone's bag and we weren't searching through bags, but they left the bag open and it was just a very apparent or another camper brought it to us and, and kind of just wrapped, you know, they, they tattletailed. Yeah. And I thought for sure I'm getting sent home right now. This is <laughs> this is gonna be awkward and embarrassing and I can't what am I gonna tell my mom? You know, the whole nine. Yeah. And but I was, you know, I was I was cool hand looking the situation in the sense that I didn't, you know, admit to anything or whatever. I just kinda like was just sweating, mm-hmm. just silently sweating. And uh somebody I don't even think, I don't remember who it was. Somebody asked, can we see it? What, like, what, what, what contraband was discovered? Yeah. And so he goes and gets the baggie of the contraband. Mm-hmm. And it's oregano. <laughs> <laughs> From his, you know, array of yeah. herbs and spices. Yeah. And I look at that. I, I look at it from across the room. I go, that ain't <laughs> <laughs> green, sticky, and fresh. And that is some dry swag <laughs> at best. But let me get a closer look at that. Yeah. And it was certainly oregano. And so I'm just like, oh, I'm so relieved. But I can't show that I'm relieved. Yeah. <laughs> that I would be, you know. So anyway, that would definitely be the, the most intense rule-breaking antic, I think, of houseboat memories. Nice. You can elaborate as much or as little as you want on that. Yeah, for sure. That one... I never like, got caught, I will say. Yeah, I know. Um, I, did yeah, throw, I did go and throw it in the water, my stash, after that, because I thought, okay, maybe somebody's just trying to get me to get rid of it without actually having to reprimand me. That's just mm. called uh, signs from the universe. Mm-hmm, that's just right. planning little signs, Yeah. You got that right. Oh, totally. It is so true. There was one, the one that I thought you were actually going into with that, because that did, that wasn't the only time, um, Jeremy pulled the oregano stunt. (laughs) There was one other that I thought you were going to go into. So that was, that was actually a story that I didn't even know. Well, you might have to refresh my hazy memory. Yeah. So you remember, um, this was your co-ed so you were on the triple boat with Jeremy. This mm-hmm. was the year you were on the big boat. Because I remember we were actually a year separate. Even though Dave and I are the same age, based on where our birthdays fall, Dave was a year younger at church, even though in school it was like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in August. He's a June. Yeah. Did that make sense? Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Well, 90. <laughs> so 90s, dumb. 90s, babies. Oh, yeah. It's all about the 90s, baby. <laughs> So in this story, real quick, um, Mahalski had this brilliant idea to get Mackenzie Kingdon and Jill 
Meyer. Meyer. That was on at the time. And grab both of them and take them up to his room because it was Dave, Luke Swinson, and Drew Solberg. And the three of you guys were crashing on that tiny ass bed in the in the upper the upper deck area. And the thing was their bedroom had a bathroom in it with a steam shower. Mm. So you can put two and two where this store is going. First thing. I mean, I know where it's going in my head, but yeah. I don't know where it's going at church. I don't you know, know where the yeah. going. I was really a part of it. Yeah, <laughs> you were there. Well, let's hear it so far. Okay, so I'll give you... Yeah, I'm trying to break it down as like short as I can. So it has two parts. And Dave's part is the second half that is just hilarious. The first part is... Um, Mahalski puts the two girls in the bathroom, in the in the shower, and it's a steam shower. So the girls they're just wearing their bikinis, and he like steams the hell out of this thing. So you basically just see like their butt and like some shoulders, and that's about it. And so Jeremy kicks the door in, and he's like, "Whose are these?" And Drew kind of looks up, and he's just like, "Uh, <laughs> like I don't know." And then Swenson, because Swenson is related. To right. Jill. To Jill. Cousins. Yeah. And so Swenson's like, I need therapy, man. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are passed out dead. Like, this is like bright and early in the morning. And then the same thing with the oregano. Safali flips the bag open and is like, What is this? I found marijuana in your bag. And Jay's like, Nah, dude, that's not mine, man. <laughs> like, this is 6 30 in the morning. <laughs> Yes, yes. And just like the reaction was so priceless. Yep, that's so right. Was this before or after the story, you know, that you just told? This is before. So oh. I thought the after was like, okay, I actually got caught. Damn. This, was, But yes, so Fabi's mistake was holding the bag up for me to see. Yeah. Be like, yeah, right. That's not mine. Yeah. Wow. Had he just been like, I found a bag of marijuana and didn't show it, I would have been shaking in my boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, there were all other kinds of ridiculous things that happened at camp that we just won't go into. But kids being kids, that's right. You know, that's what you do at camp when you're, you know, it's like five hundred some miles. No, yeah, it's like five hundred some miles away, in the middle of nowhere. This is no cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no cell phone connectivity. Let alone no like, Wi-Fi. Yeah, no Wi-Fi, no satellites, no nothing. Like we, this was still in that era of. You know, you had your Nokia phone, and the only way to be on the internet was some desktop computer. VHF radio if you had a Mayday call only. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we had. But, man, dude, those were there were so many fun times. And uh, that was, that was kind of like the one thing. I was like, okay, a lot of what we're going to talk about is centered around boats, you yeah. know? And so it's like, okay, this is a good start to it. Those are the teen years. The teen years. Yeah, for sure. But, um, dude, you got to kick it to California. That's, uh, we'll get out of the teens and the high school days and jump to college. Cause I know you blasted down to California and you had some crazy time. I did. Yeah. It was, uh, he was Tarzan. No, Dusty right? was Tarzan. Who he might have to be on a podcast. Oh, we'll definitely get Dusty on. Dusty is the identical twin of Tarzan, for sure. Let's get Dusty on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Lauren wants to see Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people did and still do. <laughs> Dude just ripped the longest blonde hair. Blonde brown. Blonde brown. Yeah. Dirty just, blonde. Yeah, dirty the dirty blonde. the dirty blonde, super tan, just cut to the core. Like just unreal. And it was like when you guys like 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny actually. So uh rewind. Everyone who went to a public or private high school, I'm sure, had uh, counselors who are college counselors mm-hmm. or like career prep or whatever to, you know, you're, you start either freshman or sophomore or junior year and you they kind of guide you into what college you're going to go to after high school. And I thought they're all insane. I said, I've been in school my whole life. You want to put me in school by choice? You're going to try to make me to choose to go to more schooling after being forced to go to school my whole life? You've lost your mind. I already made up my mind when I was in fifth grade. I'm going to the beach. Uh, I ain't going no no more classroom. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. So I already knew from day one I was not going to go. Maybe I would go to college later in life, but not not right after high school. It was never my desire. So I I knew for... 100% 100% certainty that I was going to go to some beach, somewhere, tropical, warm, surfing, all that, not college. No. Yeah. I started with Hawaii and then ended up in California after Hawaii. So you're basically Chris Pratt. I don't know what he did, but if he did that, then sure. There's literally, like, dude, he and his, he and his buddy, before he got big and was found for, I think it was Parks and Rec, before he was found, he it was, he and his buddy lived out of a van on the beach in Maui and smoke weed every day for two years. Mm. <laughs> well, similar. Same, same. Yeah. 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 No, I was in uh, Orange County for the majority of it, Huntington, Newport. And we would, we would cruise down to Laguna and San Clemente, but also up North in Malibu. Dude, I love Malibu. Zuma beach. Yeah. Um, actually, Topanga Beach is where a lot of yeah. the, a lot of the memories were made. The there was this canyon road. Um, so in an RV, you're gonna get nothing but parking tickets if you are leaving that thing overnight on any public road anywhere near the ocean, California. Interesting. Makes sense. I had stacks of parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, you just keep stacking them, keep stacking them. You eventually have to pay them to get your tabs renewed. But, yeah, whatever, you know. So, anyway, we found this Topanga Canyon is the name of the road. And it was like, it was kind of a one-way. So, people would come down the hill from wherever they, you know, probably their house is up the hill. Mm-hmm. But nobody really went up. But we found that if you, there's, there's little dirt shoulder just a little bit off of the PCH Topanga Canyon and it wasn't perfectly level and this was a 1984 Fleetwood <laughs> so the thing didn't have automatic stabilizer jacks or anything like that so the trade-off from sleeping on level ground was to not get a parking ticket and you're sleeping at like a 45 degree angle oh I so hope your head was up yeah head was always up always up we actually made that mistake our first night. No. We were heads down the hill. It didn't work well. Oh, God. So we learned the next night. Anyway. Just the head that, rush. We did that for like nine, ten months every night. Wow. Never got a parking ticket. 
we every single night when the sun went down after we were done with the beach, to cruise up to Topanga Canyon, pull off to our shoulder every morning when the sun rose, pull right back down to the beach. Life was good. No wow. Minimal fuel consumed. I think we had to fill the tank on that thing maybe like once a month. Wow. Wow. Not even. Maybe like once every two months. Damn. That's a life. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is a life for sure. You definitely figured that one out. You've always been kind of like the the numbers guy, you know, good with money and figuring out like what's the most efficient way of taking care of stuff. Because I mean, as long as I've known you, buying and selling everything. Buy, sell, this, trade. Yeah, mm-hmm. buy, sell, trade, everything. <clears throat> it was insane. Um, what was the one show? I remember you told me about a show um, that you... Was it you and Dusty had come up with, or you figured it out? So, yeah, I also got to incorporate one more member. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Can't leave out Canada. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dusty is like the guy who was living in California with me. We was, you know, we were doing the same thing. Um, he was living in the RV with me. And it's a lot easier to have a, have a best friend down there with you. It's, it's not always safe and it's not always you know sometimes you kind of wonder like man what am i doing with my life but when you're with your best friend you're just living it up it's a lot easier yeah to let those worries just go right in one in one uh in one and out the other yeah (laughs) Um, so so i moved to california actually started in orange county in a buddy's garage and then and then came back to visit family for Christmas and the holidays still had a Ducati in my parents garage and was going to ride that thing down to California and then like two days before planning to to ride my bike all the way from Seattle to OC um, Dusty my best friend was like so you're really doing that you're really riding your bike all the way down like you realize it's January and there's some snow and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to go around, take the long way and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I was determined and no, nothing was going to stop me. And even if it was a street bike with street bike tires, no, no traction, I was going to do it anyway. And, uh, so I was like, you want to come jokingly, not thinking he was going to say, yeah, I'll quit my job today and pack tomorrow and be on the road with you the next day. But he did. Wow. And so instead of riding my bike, we rented a U-Haul trailer. He had a street bike too. So we trailered the trailered the bikes, took the truck. So now we had a truck, trailer, two motorcycles, and ended up being meant to be because man, the snow was was deep on the passes and without four-wheel drive, probably wouldn't have made it over. Wow. Um so anyway. Um, I had the garage that I was living in all set up for myself to live in with my motorcycle. But when I showed up with an extra person and an extra motorcycle, it, uh, thank God the host of the home was friends with Dusty also. And oh, nice. Jeremiah, love you, bro. Um, shout out. Yeah. Shout out. yeah. Gotta have um, that shout out. And, and, and his mom, Kim. Um, anyway, epic, epic times at Pueblo Circle in Huntington Beach. Um, but then we realized, you know, we need to get something, we need to get out of this garage. So we sold the motorcycles, bought 
an RV at Motorhome, 1984, Fleetwood Southwind, 26 feet. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah. Anyway, started living out of that in Orange County and just Fraserburg. And then we decided we wanted to see what, well, I guess I did. He didn't want to leave Orange County, but I was like, no, nah, dude, we need to go check out LA. We need to go see the scene and be seen on the scene. We want to get anywhere and get to the next level. And so we did after a year in OC, went up to LA and we were probably a month into our LA routine doing the beach bum thing, you know, just whatever, exploring. And we were doing our normal, like, side of the PCH, barbecue, dinner, around sunset hour. And all of a sudden, this RV rolls up right behind us. And, you know, we have our, like, door swung wide open on an RV, or, you know, you kind of, and then there's a screen door. But the screen door was shut. Uh, and this dude rolls up and is like, hey. And we're like, you know, freshly baked right before dinner. <laughs> <laughs> As you, you know, if you have the luxury of doing so, why wouldn't you? Yeah. It makes the food taste better. So anyway, a little bit like not, a little bit antisocial in the moment. Like, oh my gosh, who is this person like yelling at us through our screen door right now? This is really annoying. And it's the dinner hour. How rude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we were friendly enough to be like, uh, hey, what's going on? And it's this told bro, and uh, his name is Ross, but we ended up dubbing him as Canada, his name, because he was super anti, I don't want to be known, I don't want anything, I don't want anyone to know anything about me other than, you know, minimal. So mm -hmm. we nicknamed him Canada, because he's from Canada. He came all the way from Alberta. He took his RV, and he's this... Um, freelance DJ and recording artist, and he is a really smart guy, engineer, actually also licensed helicopter pilot. Ooh. Wow. Big, big, big fan of Robinson's. We actually ended up going to the Robinson Helicopter Factory in Orange, Cal California. I remember when you went there. Yes, yes on his, uh, it was his idea. Uh -huh. um, anyway, this dude, Canada, Ross, whatever, we're going to call him Canada on this podcast. Yeah. Um, he was like, hey, where do you guys park these things at night? And we're like, Dusty and I are looking at each other like, we're out <laughs> We don't want to ruin it for ourselves. Yeah. But this guy, he was like, I just got here tonight. And I've been driving for three days. And I don't know where I'm going to go. I, all the, you know, blah, blah, blah. All the RV lots are like either like way far away or super expensive. And, you know, he had no idea. And we're like let's let's hook this guy up mm -hmm. and so we're like well dude honestly we're just about finished with dinner it was like half hour we're gonna put our dishes away and all this stuff and we have this little spot up the road like a mile or two and you can follow us if you want it's safe it's not perfect it's not level by any means but <laughs> you won't get a parking ticket and you won't have a tweaker like banging on your side of your rv on the side of the pch so feel free follow us and first night he was trying to be like uh you know an asset to the team if you will so okay. 
he had a generator, our generator, we had a generator too, but mm-hmm. our generator was on the fritz. This old Onan <laughs> factory, 1984, you know. It's like rusted to the core. Totally. Like it worked, but like, man, the thing was loud. And anyway, he had a nice little quiet, little humming, little Honda. And so he was like, hey, you guys, you guys can plug into my generator and life is good. And we're like, all right, yeah, trust, quit trying to like sweet talk us into being our friend but you know, emotional bank account yeah, yeah. yeah. So, deposit 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly so yeah. but like we just this guy is awesome love the guy we're just like all right dude you're just like our third musketeer automatically overnight <laughs> That's so, so I love it. from there we just yeah. became like this like tri- trio of <laughs> bros that are pretty much trying to do the same thing I was trying to get into acting. Dusty was trying to get into modeling. He was trying to get into music. Mm-hmm. And he literally built his RV out to be a full-on recording studio. So there wasn't really much space other than he had this huge custom desk with his, all his audio equipment and everything and blah, blah, blah. He could make songs and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It was super cool. He had keyboards and all that stuff. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> This show. Oh yes. Okay. So because we we met we met him, we made friends, um, and we knew we had to get something. We had to start making some traction because you know, it we're starting to run out of money, and we don't have any jobs other than like side work now and then. Which you know, anyway, the resources were running low, mm-hmm. so we we're trying to make something happen. So, and we're I'm I'm not like a video editing type. I can. I can stroke keyboard and click a mouse, but like I'm not a video editor and I'm not an audio engineer and I probably never will be. So I knew I needed some help in those areas. Mm-hmm. I can hold a camera, but I'm not going to cut and snip edit, you know, edit videos and all that stuff. So yeah, we knew we needed some help. So actually we decided, okay, let's just try and hold a sign on the side of the PCH because this is a pretty prominent road. Lots of lots of big names in the Hollywood industry are driving up and down this road every day to go to and from their Malibu mansions to, you know, their workplace in LA. And, you know, I mean, I could name a million different names of people that drive that road every day. And, you know, you'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Let's, let's try it out. Yeah. So we have, you know, like the, um, some of those people put those reflective, uh, dashboard protectors in their windshields. Like when they leave their car parked in the sunlight. Oh yeah. I'm not that person, but don't, <laughs> but, but the RV that we, that we bought hat came with those and, uh, we're like, let's let's stand out. Like, let's not hold a cardboard sign. Let's hold a reflective sign. Wow. And so, we, yeah. So we had these signs made that just said, "Need cash, put us to work." Is like, "Need dollar sign, put us to work," because we were trying to stand out. Like, okay, how many bums do you see in every corner of every big city? Yeah. You know, cliche. How can we stand out? We're like super fit everything about us was willing to work. It's just that we needed a little more money to keep moving the ball down the field. Yeah. And so we were, we were doing these workouts on the beach every day anyway. So it was like, all right, let's just kind of embarrass ourselves a little bit because our, one of these mentors was like, Hey, if you're not willing to be embarrassed, you'll never be free. 
Mm. And that kind of rung true and it is still true to this day. If you're willing to embarrass, you really won't be free financially or mentally. Yeah. We decided to move on our beach workouts, which were consisted of basically like push-ups and pull-ups on lifeguard towers and you know, doing curls with rocks and sticks and just like whatever, you know, it wasn't like anything like in a gym. Stop Flintstones. Total Flintstones workout, like prison workout stuff. And so we're like, yeah, whatever. It's embarrassing, but we need, we got to, we got to make something happen. Yeah. So we brought these rocks and sticks up to the beach, up to the literal side of the PCH, Pacific Coast Highway. Mm-hmm. And one of us would do like, we'd just trade off doing sets of like curls and pushups and, you know, whatever, like squats with rocks and stuff. And the other one would hold the sign. And we were just in board shorts, shirtless, backwards hats, you know. It's the total bro surf look. Total bro surf look, comical ridiculousness. And got a lot of honks and people would throw $5 bills out their window. And (laughs) sometimes people would stop and take pictures with us and give us a 20. And, you know, some people would flip us off. Some people would yell like, you know, profanity at us. And we we did it for consistent, gosh, it was, it was, it was at least, it was at least two weeks. I wanted to do it for a full 40 days. I thought on the Mm. 40th day, something big's gonna happen. But Dusty's like, dude, I'm sick. I'm done with this. Forget this. And I was like, no, dude, we gotta persevere. (laughs) And we're doing it on a Saturday morning, just doing our normal thing, workout, holding the sign, just kind of going through the motions. And this person literally walks up to us with a full-blown like camera gimbal, like Hollywood professional camera setup. And out of the blue. And actually, um, we were doing these these workouts like kind of right next to each other. Like I would hold the um, I'd hold the sign and switch off, and he would do the work, you know, blah blah blah. But then we're like, we need more exposure, so let's let's go on opposite sides of the of the highway. Mm-hmm. So you're on one side, I'm on the other side. You get back from both directions, right? <laughs> All right. So this was a Saturday, and somebody comes up to I can't remember, and he was me, um, and was like, "Hey, man, what are you doing? Like, what?" what is going on? Like with a camera recording, you're just totally blindsided by this. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of started just yelling or talking, whatever. <laughs> I was very excited that somebody was holding a camera in my front of my face. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, this is my time. I was like, I was like this, is my, this is my big break. Yeah. yeah. Um, finally, <laughs> exactly. I'm being discovered right now. And, uh, just kind of telling him, I'm like, yeah, me and my bro. And this guy, his name is Diego. He's like, your bro, what bro? You have a bro? Where's your bro? And I'm like, look, and I point across the highway and he's like, oh man, there's two of you. What? <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, whatever we all get together and blah, blah, blah. And then long story short, these people became our sponsor, our video editors, and they're amazing people. Diego and his and his wife Holly, she has a video production company called Turtle in a Party Dress. Anyway, wow. we we signed all these contracts with them, and um, it's not the happiest ending, but um, <laughs> I was just like, I know, but like, did you read word for word what was in this contract? <laughs> no, 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 the contract isn't what like put the kibosh on it. It was just like, you know, whatever. Um, things changed, 
that that happened and then from that spawned the roadside cowboys youtube channel and website and that's what we called ourselves dusty myself and canada we called ourselves the roadside cowboys (laughs) and uh those videos still exist to this day to our demise i will say it it even though we needed a little bit more of like producer aspect to it i think the fact that it was a little too overproduced too soon is why it didn't get traction because we started watching these videos that they made for us and we're like man we look like (laughs) d-bags we need to not look like this so it kind of like it kind of took the wind out of our sails Mm -hmm. with um with how ridiculous it was but i think that we lost sight of our mantra which was to if you're not willing to be embarrassed you'll never be free i think we just kind of didn't want to embarrass ourselves anymore mm-hmm. so anyone listening that is on the path of greatness and doesn't want to be embarrassed just stay the course yeah, yeah totally that comfort zone mm-hmm. who knows who's going to show up exactly yeah. so yeah it was awesome yeah. funny story before we met them if, you, if we have time. yeah oh we've got time okay there was this is a true story it's probably just like not even believable so i told you about the sign we made out of the reflective dashboard savers yeah sun protection mm-hmm. so like you know we were holding them up kind of probably blinding some drivers I with that's seriously the first time the second you said that. like are you blinding these people Literally like give like us Bam. Yeah. You, no, you couldn't even see the writing. It was just like a sun reflection <laughs> straight in your eye. Definitely. <laughs> Which is probably why we ended up getting the finger a bunch of times. Um, but there was this, there was this one, there was this, uh, so there, it was like a three-way intersection where we were. It was okay. at the Topanga Canyon Boulevard, I believe, and PCH, right on the ocean. Three, three-way, and three-way intersection. Um, stoplight. And, uh, so Dusty was on one side, I was on the other, and someone decided to pipe up and was like, hey, get that thing out of my face, asshole. <laughs> and, and I was just like smiling and waving. And, you know, like, no idea. No idea. And we just, that guy was really mad at me or his life or something or you know, broke down car, whatever. <laughs> So he's all aggro and yelling at me, and I was just like happy as a clam in high tide. I didn't even care. As he's his he's now his driver's window is completely down. He's half out of his car, yelling at me at the top of his lungs. While he and he's making a right to go up the hill, there's cars in front of him, and you know they're kind of like creeping slowly to get to take the free right as the as the as the light is red. As he's yelling at me, you know, oh, just no. totally aggro. Runs right into the car in front of me. You caused an accident. Full And I was so happy to see that. That's what you get. That's what you get. You know, I'm just out here trying to make it. And you're you're trying to rain on my parade. Just just let it be. Yeah. I'm not not trying to cause any harm. You know, put your your visor down. (laughs) Anyway, God bless you, person. But, you know, whatever. I, I it was wow. it was a great moment because it was somebody who probably deserved it, dude. Yeah. That's just like what goes around comes around kind there of thing. Know. Yeah, just scream and then smash. Well, and it's also like it's never it never has to do with you. 
or the other person. It has everything to do with what they're going through and what they haven't healed or whatever's going on with them, right? For them to react that way. And then, yeah, experience that they just experienced. Oh, it was the best. It's watching, unfortunate. Watching that. And it was like a nice newer car out of oh, them. Shit. And they caught the cops came and they gave information. Like an hour goes by and they're still there. And you stayed. And I would have been no, like, I, 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 went, I went back to my post. Yeah, okay. But I, I could see from the window of the RVs. I was just like smoking a doobie out the window. Laughing. Oh, my God. Good times. That is fantastic. Innocent fun. Lauren, do you got any questions for Dave before I cruise into the next mm-hmm. one? I don't know if I have any questions, but what I keep hearing is you have like gods and angels that pop up in your life. And one of them's Dusty, like totally. Just sure. keeping you from, you know, driving all the way down on your motorcycle. Yeah. And then being right. there with you through everything. Exactly. Sorry, writing. I was like, that's the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't ride my motorcycles, obviously. You don't so. drive motorcycles, you ride them. That's right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but no, that's just what I'm hearing. And I can't wait to hear more because I think more is going to pop up in your stories. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Dude, I just, I wanted to get a little bit more out of that whole Roadside Cowboys because I remember back when, because I was doing production a long time ago, like when I was young as well. And so you had brought up that whole like, hey, we're, you know, I wanted to make this thing, Roadside Cowboys, whatever. And either side was like some dumb show. It was like, okay, MTV will pick it up or whatever. Because I never remembered or knew how that went down. The real story of why it all, why the band broke up is because we ran out of money, needed money. I had an opportunity to come back and work for the family biz to make this bonus, to hit this goal that was really attainable. It was kind of like a no brainer not to, and it was supposed to be temporary, like a two month thing. I was going to come back to Seattle, grind hard and stay humble and go back down after those two months had passed after I hit the goal, make the money and go back down with, you know, debts paid and money in my pocket to continue on the roadside cowboy path. Yeah. Problem was, in the thick of the grind, there was a few happy hours and I met a girl and she ended up being my girlfriend and convinced me not to go back to California. Mm-hmm. And that's the rest of the story is history. Uh, and here we are. What? Gosh, that was 2012. Yeah. 2011 and 12. So 10 years later. Yeah. A girl. <laughs> Another godsend. Put the kibosh wow. in, the, uh, in the roadside cowboy funk. <laughs> worth it <laughs> worth it yeah we'll never know yeah well we might bring it back because mm-hmm. i won't say it like what we're doing but we have some some big big stuff coming and it's gonna be awesome so um no me, mom dudes. dude that's gonna be a good one i'm i'm so stoked for that what did you what did you get what did you feel I remember you said you said a couple of things, but just uh, lightly touch because a lot of people they know I'm a helicopter pilot. I've taken a lot of friends up, but you were the first friend that I took up, like one on one when I got my license, and you were like you had a heyday. But like, what was what was going through your head when you're like, I'm gonna go up with my friend who is a brand new pilot? Yeah, were you nervous? Not one single bit. Mm. If anyone knows Savon, they know that if he's going to put himself or others in harm's way, he's going to do it to the fullest extent of safety possible. And, and like just, you know, sitting in the heli while you're doing your pre-flight checks and inspections, I was like, oh, I, had no, I had no concerns whatsoever. 
at all. And it actually, we have, we are so spoiled in the Northwest for helicopter tours because it's the the Midwest, you know, <laughs> we're not within a two hour span of being in the air. You're flying around the space needle. You're, you're touring Snoqualmie falls. You're, you're going over private lakes and, it's, it was an unbelievable experience and it was the perfect weather and I couldn't have asked for a better first helicopter ride. Incredible. Would be an understatement. That's awesome. Yeah. All the first. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of firsts for sure. Yeah. I just, I, I'll never forget that. Cause it's like, you know, that's a pivotal moment. You know, you do something big and you're like, all right, I'm going to, I know I'm, I have the capability in myself. I'm going to, you know, bring my friend along and just, yeah. Legendary. It was legendary for sure. Accidentally flying over Bill Gates' house. That was, that was back <laughs> when I was on Snapchat and I, I still have Snapchat. I just haven't logged on in years. I probably should check it sooner or later, but I had snapped like all the, all of the special moments in that flight in my snap story. And man, I can't tell you how many people, replied to those stories and were like um need that i want it how do i get it yeah for sure it's so funny to me like thinking thinking now that we're at the age where we're saying yeah i remember when snapchat was big like apparently i learned about this recently from someone who was much younger in like that whole like in college kind of like the college age kids they're all into Snapchat super hard. All my friends, anyone who's my age or around that, they're like, there's maybe four friends of mine that still use Snapchat. And it's like, okay, this is like easy or we just know how to use it. So it's fun and quick. Other than that, I don't use Snapchat. It's just another, another social, thing. yeah, another thing. That's just another app. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, it is super useful for like a private group setting where you each have your own, you know, if you're like a bachelor or a bachelorette party or like whatever, a, a closed private group event that you want to share all everything, but only with that group. And you build a group in your Snapchat to share with everyone in that group and only people in that group can see it. <laughs> That's what it's useful for. I think that is, yeah, I've seen stuff on, on those <laughs> groups. Yeah, that is, that's a key point. I'm going to, a little segue real quick, use that little tangent that you just said um, through Bachelorette, Snapchat, video stuff. Recently, I worked with you because we're going to tie this now into the boat stuff, you know, because you're, you're a big time boat guy. You have your own yacht, you know, you're you know, an affluent businessman, but then also you love boats. Like, I, I don't think I've met someone else who loves being on the water, like owning boats, like doing whatever possible to spend time being out there. But the bachelorette party, because this recently came up, but didn't I call you or something, Lauren? Oh, yeah. We FaceTimed. We FaceTimed? <laughs> Savon doesn't remember. Hardly. The beers were flowing. Dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I talked to one of the girls. I don't know if she was the, the bachelorette or... The bride-to-be or whatever? Yes. Uh, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how those things work. I just remember being on the boat. And, like, so that's what I'm kind of taking this into. It's, like, 
some boat stories. I mean, obviously there's seafair and there's stories for days that we can touch on, but like kind of, kind of take me down the, the Dave stories of like, you know, yachting, boating, what got you into it? Like, where did that passion come from? And I know we, we have a million stories together on the yacht, let alone other yachts and boating. <laughs> Crescent Bar, for instance, mm-hmm. there were some, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, get. but but wait no yeah I want to know what is the one that just really is vivid in your in your head and like the craziest or oh okay craziest I can tell you right now let's hear well, it well okay <laughs> top three craziest okay I want to hear it so um my god what year was it I think it was maybe 2014 maybe 15 can't remember really into stand-up jet skis in that point in my life. Yes. And Lauren had one, too. Oh, what do you have? have? I had Yamaha. Super Jet? Yes, Super Jet and Rebuilt Motor 701. Yeah. Was it Square Nose? Uh, No, Run. Oh. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, and I got it completely rebuilt. Hornstar Pink. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) It was my baby. Dang. Yeah, I miss it. Yeah, she was a ripper. Why did you get rid of it? I needed money. My ex and I split up. Yeah, so, yeah. You don't have yeah, that. Bye. <laughs> Start over. I'll get one soon. That's right. <laughs> yep. I sold my CDs. So, <laughs> so okay, I can't talk. Those I still have. Those aren't stand ups, though. I have a stand up in the garage, though. I know. I know. You've been looking be at it. I know. I responded to your story when you got it. I know. It was <laughs> <laughs> literally on my story. She's just like, now. Needed. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, I had this idea to be, because you can rent jet skis, but only sit downs, which aren't that fun. <laughs> Unless you've never ridden a jet ski before and it's your first time, then a, stand, a sit down is all you need for your first experience. Go, go get after it. But I want to do something different in the Seattle area, have a seasonal business, give me an excuse to be on the water every day, make money, live my life the way I want to live it. I could do my laptop insurance job from the deck of the boat with with a hotspot, and I could also rent jet skis, you know, whenever I had customers, and I would, you know, just be basically living my life, answering my phone, answering, responding my emails from the boat while being on the water, while you know, getting a tan with my shirt off. Life is good. So that was my my vision for the stand-up jet ski rental business which never actually came to fruition Mm -hmm. i had the stand-up jet skis i got the boat which was a 30-foot double-decker pontoon oh i remember this thing (laughs) the the reason why i went with pontoon is because you can customize them way better and you you know i was i had this vision to cut a chunk out of the railing or use the the front ladder access as like a a ramp for the stand-ups to be rested on when they're not in the water because if you know stand-up jet skis, they don't really float very well. Um, they do, but they don't. They don't tow very well. Yeah. And so, had it all set up. Even had an LLC going, and was on my way to kind of trialing it out the first summer just by myself with my friends, and quickly learned that it wasn't going to be what I what my vision. It, was, it wasn't going to pan out the way I dreamed it would. Okay. So 
by the end of the summer, I was ready to sell the pontoon and upgrade to something else entirely. And before selling it, I thought, hmm, maybe I should recuperate some of the costs that I invested into this endeavor that never really panned out by renting the pontoon out and my service as a designated skipper to someone who wants to experience seafare. So back then, I just put up an ad on Craigslist. Hey, 30-foot pontoon with a designated skipper for Seafair Saturday and Seafair Sunday and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I had some random people hit me up within 24 hours saying, yep, let's, let's go. What do you, what's your deposit? What do we got to give you for a deposit? I think I charged like two grand for Saturday and two grand for Sunday. So it'd be like a $4,000 weekend minus my time and my fuel costs and all the logistics that I was going to have to deal with mm-hmm. and the liability, which is mm-hmm. potentially way more than any of that. Yeah. Um, which, tran- you know, which transitions into the story that you're, that you want me to tell about how the craziest top three stories. So mm-hmm. here we are, Seafair Saturday. Never met any of these people. There's 20 people about to board the vessel, the pontoon. And Seafair is the first weekend of August every year in Seattle. And it's usually really great weather. But this particular year, it wasn't. And so we all we all are out there getting ready to, you know, find a spot. And uh Nothing, there was no Blue Angels or anything happening yet. The people were just trying to get the party going. Mm-hmm. It's raining and everyone's in swimwear. And it's <laughs> the worst. It's kind of miserable because the room's cold. Yeah. Nobody dressed for that. And there's this girl. I don't know her last name, but her first name is Lexi. Um, and crazy bitch named Lexi. For sure. <laughs> um, not all, but most. Um, Anyway, it was it was a very nice crew. They were all awesome people, and majority of them were like coupled up. So like ten guys, ten girls. So this girl Lexi had a boyfriend on board, and they'd been dating for I don't know a year or so. Mm-hmm. And they're you know they're trying to like pump up the jams and and keep the morale high of the crew. So they decide let's go up to the top deck and play spin the bottle, meaning like you know spin the the, the Jack Daniels bottle and. Just whoever points to is going to take a pull until the bottle's gone. Mm. And there's like five or six people up there. And um, so that went, that went on with, really without my knowledge. I was down below. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I oh forgot the whole point of the story. So my gas gauge didn't work on the fuel gauge, didn't work on the pontoon. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of assuming that I had enough fuel, but I didn't. So we ran out of fuel oh, in the middle of the lake. Round two. And, and uh, basically had no buddies in the area who could who could bring me some. So I had to call the you know 1-800 towboat to bring me fuel at 500 bucks per five gallon. Or, yeah, five gallon, $100 a gallon was the charge. And uh, it, it, you know, I had no choice. So we're out there drifting in the middle of the lake. It's windy, it's choppy, it's rainy. Towboat finally shows up to give me the give me the fuel. I'm putting the fuel in the tank. He's tied up to the boat. 
people are still up on the top deck playing spin the bottle. And finally, as I'm, I can see now, because I'm like hanging out the side of the boat, putting a gas can in the tank, and I see them up there. And this girl falls off into the water, hits her head on the side of the pontoon. Oh, and I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna, this isn't good. Luckily, she lapped it off and was, you know, all good. Um, we get gas, fire up the boat, we're on our way. You know, it was an ouch in my pocket, but all good. Learning experience. So we can kind of zero in on where the Blue Angels are going to be performing throughout the journey from the middle of the lake to where we were going. This girl, Lexi, who fell off and hit her head, um, started copying an attitude and just causing a big scene. And it was, she was basically trying to like break up with her boyfriend. And it was the, the whole boat was, the vibe was just off. And people were like, we got to get this girl off. And I, I met, I, I, I didn't even know many people for two hours. <laughs> and now I'm having all these random people come up to me and say, hey, we got to pull off to a dock and get this girl off. She's crazy. Like, she's not, we don't, she's going to ruin the whole day for all of us. You just please just get her off. And I'm like, well, does she want to? Like, I'm not going to kick the girl off. She paid to be here. And, and they're like, yeah, 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 she does. She does. I'm like, well, okay, I'm not going to ask her, but if you're telling me that, then sure, I'll start heading toward a dock. So it was the Daniels Broiler South Lake Washington. No way. South Lake Union? No, no, not South Lake Union. South Lake Washington. And so you can, you know, the public dock you can pull up to and, and, you know, dock if need be. All right. Um, so we get there. She was like, get me off this damn boat. <laughs> She's still kind of like, anyway, it was, so we pull up and she's just mad, madder than a, you, you, you can, yeah, very mad. Yeah. She probably got a concussion. I, no, I don't think she got a concussion. No? She was fine. No. Oh, okay. Her attitude she just kicked in. Yeah, her, her attitude kicked in. Oh. Apparently she had all sorts of prescript, prescription drugs in her bloodstream on top of the spin the bottle with Jack Daniels. It was just a, a nightmare, a, a nightmare concoction from the beginning. She was, she was trying to have too much fun too soon. Yeah. Um, and so her boyfriend hops off the boat onto the dock and I safely am tied to the dock with fenders and lines, just as I should be. And her, so her boyfriend hops up to the dock first and offers his hand out, reaches down to the boat to pull her up onto the dock. And she refuses his help and says, no, I, she's just all mad at him. So she, she wants to get up to the dock all by herself from the boat. I don't need you to pull me up to the dock. As she forces her way up to the dock, she immediately falls off the other side of it. So she pops up the dock, falls off the other side of the dock, hits her head on a piling with her, all of her belongings, her cell phone, her purse, everything soaked. Purse is now sinking to the bottom of wherever that portion of the lake is and cell phone, everything go with it. Boyfriend pulls her about water and she just kind of pushes him in the water and is like, we're done. It's over. And he was such a nice guy. And he, even though was pushed in the water, he kind of walked off the dock with her and was like, um, don't go anywhere. But I want to make sure she gets on land. So he walked, he walked through to the end of the dock. Dock's like five feet. <laughs> walks through the end of the dock and comes back and is like, well, party on, Wayne. We, we done. She gone. And so, so literally, according to him, they broke up right there in that moment and he couldn't have been happier. And so I'm like, are you serious? Like, she's okay. And he's like, 
She won't take help from anyone. Let her be. Okay. Well, sayonara. <laughs> and so we untie. Bon voyage. Bon voyage. And so as we're like leaving the no wake zone, like the dock area, the whole entire rest of the crew, which we've been 19 people, start chanting, not soon enough. Not <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> With regard to getting her off the boat. So um, super comical. I know the story didn't, in my mind, replaying the pictures in my head of how that went down is much funnier than probably the story, but. Oh, no, that painted a very yeah. good picture for me, <laughs> and that would be totally stuck in my mind, too, if I would have gone through that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bible break real quick? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it. I'm going to go through uh, Supita's in the oven really quick. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, my favorite is an SXR 800. You just can't be it, mm-hmm. the, the hole. Yeah. For my ride style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Anyway, sure. I'm definitely buying the brand new Super Superjet, though, as soon as they come available. Yeah. You can't even, like, they're supposed to be $10,000. Yeah. You can't find it for less than twenty. Really? Because of the supply and demand. Wow. Yeah. My ex got a brand new Superjet, and it was ten grand. But the two-stroke version. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see that in the photo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one sitting up there is a Kawasaki 550. It's, I think, a 550, 750. I don't oh, know. I hope it's a 750. Cause it's 550 in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it's a 750. No, the 550s are fun because it's a smaller hole. It's a way smaller hole than the, than even the 650 or the 750. So it's like power to weight ratio is, 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 is good as, as okay. long as it's like modded. But anyway, yeah. But that's the the thing is this motor, this is a race stand-up jet ski. My buddy gave it to me. He's like, Riachar, he's one of my snowcat groomer buddies. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, this thing's been sitting in the the garage. Like, you're a nerd. You know, build motors, put it back together yourself. So he raced it. This this guy raced with like the Pastrana, Ricky Carmichael, like the lot. And so give me the stand-up jet ski and it's a 900. The motor, the motor itself. Wait, do we need to like throw up a beer for this photo? Oh, do I was just trying to get whatever. I'm doing a little boomerang thing, you know. Oh, okay. The so, boomer. Yeah, I mean, hey, yeah, get your beer. All right. Three, two, one, go. Cheers. Okay, you. You can have any brew you want. Families forever. <laughs> oh, the Toretto. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, um, let's let's blast it back uh, to. So you, you touched on obviously the story with the pontoon boat. I remember like driving that thing, and it was just like beyond jank. And so you want to do a stand-up jet ski business. You had the pontoon. You ended up selling it. Did you get the yacht after? Was yes. that right after <clears throat> you sold the pontoon? Yes. So what happened was well, actually, within within twelve month period. Mm-hmm. So what happened, that seafarer experience with the pontoon is what drove me to look for a yacht because in the that short span of time, just those two days, that seafarer Saturday and that seafarer Sunday with that pontoon, mm-hmm. man, was that an eye-opening experience with regard to um, what you do and don't want to do. Totally. And so just getting from anywhere wherever you're coming from, whether it be Kirkland, Kenmore, Mercer Island, Seattle, to get to the location where the seafair events take place, Mm -hmm. 
there's always a bigger, faster boat throwing a way bigger, gnarlier wave than you are. Yeah. And when you're on a pontoon that <laughs> tops out at like, I don't know, 10 knots, maybe on a good day. At best. With, at best, with calm water. Yeah. You're getting swallowed in all the big yacht wakes. And so just getting to the location and getting back to the dock on both days, it was almost like a safety hazard. Totally. Because the big boats are flying past you. They don't care that you were going to be capsizing, potentially camp, you know, the boat, the pontoon literally almost tipped on its side not because of anything that I did or didn't do. It just big boats kept on flying by you. Yeah. And learning that firsthand is what told like I, in my mind, I thought there's no way I will ever do this again on a vessel like this. Um, you gotta have, either, if you're going to be on a small boat, you just gotta, it has to be a fast small boat to be able to get out of harm's way, speed out of the wake that's being, it's coming at you. Yeah. So, that is what pushed me to realize that if I'm going to do this at all ever again, it, I got to be able to, I have to be like at least an average size of all the other boats around, which is, you know, probably 35 feet or more mm -hmm. in length. Um, at the same time, in between selling that pontoon and fall and winter coming, I was starting to look for, like a house or a condo to buy in the Seattle area and was very diligently searching high, low, left and right for real estate for myself and would go and make an offer on a place that was listed within 24 hours and then boom, next thing you know, outbid by international cash. Oh, yeah. Not even, you know, you I couldn't compete with, with the offers for anything that I wanted because everything I wanted was super desirable and there were people that had more money than me that were offering more than I would offer. So I finally looked at, you know, looked at the real estate market and went, okay, what are these internationals not buying that I can buy and not get outbid of? And I was living way out in the country, still am. Um, but I wanted something in the city for, you know, just to be close to everything I was doing. So I realized that these, this international money is not buying yachts. They're buying condos and houses and anything else, real estate, but not boats. So I realized, wow, I can buy a yacht for like a hundred grand. It's got two staterooms, two heads, everything you need to live on if you want to. And yeah. um, I wouldn't suggest it if it's your only place to live, but I had my house in the country for the weekends and I would stay on the boat in the weekdays while I was in the city working and going to happy hour and hanging with friends and doing whatever. Yeah. So um, it, was, it was kind of a no brainer. Wow, I can get a boat, I can get a yacht that is waterfront and have a have a dock or a marina mooring the yacht with all the power, all the water, everything you need for less or for a hundred grand ish. And that is going to be better than anything I could buy as far as condos go 
because the boat you can take wherever you want. Yeah. The condos aren't going anywhere. Yeah. So it was kind of a no-brainer. So um, that's what happened is I wanted to buy a condo, but ended up not buying a condo. I ended up buying a yacht. Gotcha. Okay. Because, yeah, we had we had some gnarly, gnarly times. I remember uh, kind of like switching, switching gears in my head for a second. What was it? Film day. Drew Solberg's freestyle production film days. It was like freestyle film, mm-hmm. whatever. And the first one we did, you had just got the yacht and you were like, hey, grab the helicopter and fly around us to get these get these shots. Aerial shots. The aerial shots. That a drone couldn't get. Exactly. I don't think, well, drones were kind of out. They were like really like first gen drones mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. So I remember I grabbed Cassie, my friend, because her dad has a helicopter. And so I was like, Cass, let's, you know, take the helicopter out. And so I remember flying. This is the second time I flew right over Bill Gates' house. Mm-hmm. So you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I buzzed down and I just remember getting real low and buzzing around you guys and just thinking, like, we had hit a pinnacle in life. Like I had become a helicopter pilot and my buddy had is here driving his own yacht. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. We're in our twenties. We're in our twenties. Our buddy owns a production company, he's filming all of this. And that memory sticks in my head because I was like, this is so it was just glass. Mm-hmm. Glassy morning. No one was around. It was like the perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. But um, good. People, it, yeah. Beautiful people all around. Life is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always a fun time on the yacht, and um, a lot of good memories came from that. And a lot of times we don't remember. No doubt. <laughs> God, I wish I was there. <laughs> Lauren, if if I knew you back then, I'd be there. <laughs> you would definitely be there with this crew. Mm-hmm. That, that was some, and the crew's never really changed much. But like the few people that would like change out, and you're just like, who are you? And then. They just became part of the band. The best people. Yeah, for sure. Some of the which that we will see in a couple days. At the wedding. At Drew's wedding. Mm-hmm. That'll be a, a new memory to be made. For yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Lauren will become part of that whole crew. No doubt. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. Do you have any other wild, wild antics? Not even boat related. Just like dirt biking, skydiving. Just something, just like blowing something up. I mean, you live in the country. Your house is like in the middle of nowhere. Oh, man. I mean, pick a topic. Pick a topic? Yeah. I'm just looking for the, like the craziest. Like like top tier, dumbest, funniest, craziest thing. <laughs> man, and I'm over here thinking like, I want to know about you and your girl. Like... We could switch it up yeah, to that. Like, Why I, not? I'm just so curious. Um, you know, you met her. She had you, you know, basically uh, go down a different path than you were on. And, like, what was it about her? Liz and I were just, like, on the same page from the day I met her, seemingly. We were just going the same direction in life. And I was super into her. I think she was super into me, hopefully. Still. Um, <laughs> you have two kids. Yep. Um, I know. I'm joking. But, you know, you know, you know. 
Gotta uh, keep it alive. Gotta keep it alive. Yeah. Props to also being a dad, by the way. Yeah. Preach, the, preach. Yeah. Um, Those kids are cute. Mm-hmm. Wes- are. Wesley, when he runs up to that window, just all smiles, banging his head on that glass. <laughs> He's a headbanger. Dude, his kid's got a big head. He's, he's, he's gonna, the walls, man. He's going to be a huge kid. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't plan the, the situation to be that it, the way it is now, but um, pretty great. Um, Another godsend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, her and I found comfort in the thought of being kind of like single and free but com- in a committed relationship mm-hmm. not that i guess so not single but um we, have to have your freedom yeah space. yeah the, the um i had a um i had a relationship with a girl prior to meeting elizabeth and she really wanted to settle down and you know buy a house together and do the get get the family life going and i wasn't ready for that mm-hmm. so we broke up based on that premise that um, I, I'm not in the same place that you are. And um, and then, you know, I met Elizabeth and we were in the same place, wanting the same things. And then, you know, as fate would have it, the child was born. And <laughs> now the child has a younger brother. And, <laughs> and now... We're married. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yes. And uh, life's good. It's still a little bit hectic. There's a lot of poopy diapers. And uh, the littlest one, his new thing is when he has a, has a deuce, he takes his diaper off and throws it across the room. <laughs> and goes flying, and it's really not okay. But I wonder where he gets that from. I wonder. People, um, people keep telling me that we're going to get through this and it's going to get better, but it keeps getting crazier. So waiting for it to get better. It's going to get better. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's very reassuring. Oh, yeah. Definitely, and so like. Um, and on that note, <laughs> very much needed. Yeah, dad bod coming in tough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, not really. You got to no, roll. Never, never. You got to roll the play. So mm-hmm. <laughs> keep that one on the back burner. Um, last thing, life outlook, things that you've got going on, things you've got coming up. You you've got a great outlook on life. You've always been that like positive like make stuff happen um i think that was one of the big things why you and i became friends um long ago and still are friends now is you know kind of be on the same page you know where this where the summer dudes were into the same stuff but like the same outlook like what is what is what is next for dave so um my day job is insurance sales and service and uh, everything else that goes along with that industry and it's a grind like anybody's industry is, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, and I'm, I have, uh, I have a handful of farm clients that, you know, they, they're, they're farm owners and they, whatever it is, whether it's cattle and hay or you, whatever. Um, I had an epiphany talking to one of them just last week. Cause right now here it is the first day of autumn. September 22nd, 2022. Yeah. Wow, here we are. Here we are. That's crazy. End of summer. Summer blew by. End of summer. Um, It was a badass summer, though. So good. Very much. I, um, 
this guy Rob, awesome, awesome dude. He's a cattle farmer in Snohomish. And we were he was he called me to make some updates on his policy. He sold one tractor, bought a new tractor, added 15 head of cattle to his herd, added 20 acres, you know. Anyway, needed to make some policy updates. So um through the through the logistics, we were kind of BSing and talking about the times. And I was I made the comment like I I normally do in small talk passing, like, man, crazy days, crazy times we're living in, right? Right, Rob? And he's like, you know what, man? It always has been. It always will be. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, man, you're damn right about that. It really always has been. It really always will be. It just totally just accept it. And don't get so caught up in the, the latest news of the latest this or that. It's like just live your life. For sure. And it's and yeah, you, you just whatever you focus on and dwell on will will be a part of your lifestyle. And that's really it was it was because you know it's 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 really easy to get caught in the weeds of of the minutiae of all the headlines and the this and that and you know the Fed and blah 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 and anyway, the farmers know what's up. Yeah. They're so grounded. They're so grounded. So grounded. And acceptance and surrender. Exactly. Right? And make the best of every moment. Yep. Yeah. That's huge. That's a great way to lead it off, man. Like just ending it on that note. Solid stuff. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Dave, thank you for being here. Seven. Yeah. Lauren. Lauren. As always. As always. The beauty queen. Keeping (laughs) us keeping us together. Yeah. (laughs) The trio. Thank you everybody for listening. For this episode. It's always fun. It's always a blast. Dave brings a lot to the crew. Dave, can people find you anywhere? Are you like a social media guy? You now have your insurance company. People need to reach out to you or anything like that. Want to get connected? How do they do that? We'll talk about insurance on the on the next podcast and and maybe if if need be. But uh, I don't know. Um, I think I'll leave it off with a tally ho. Tally ho. That and, you know, just look at my Instagram story. I tagged him, so everybody can find you there. There you go. Everybody check out at Lauren Bruin, and you can you can see it all there. Perfect. Until next time, cheers. Tally ho. Cheers. <laughs> that was amazing. That was fun. So good. Uh, was so fun. Yeah, it was so it, great. Guys, this is freaking really Isn't fun. It yeah. Amazing? It's so easy. I just love fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No. <laughs>